Welcome to Running It Back, the lessons learned from sports podcast. I'm Mike Palmer, joined as always by Tarlin Ray. It's NBA season. The finals are nigh. Tarlin, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. You're probably surprised. I think the last time we potted was April 23rd. So we're getting a little better. We, we went about a seven week stretch. Now we're four. We're going to keep shrinking that. Yeah. We haven't potted in four weeks, so you're probably surprised that I got a story to share. Mm. First, though, I make sure the audience knows I love uh, the warm-up act that you go through. You're a professional potter. Yeah. But Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Yeah. You always sound tenor, tone, everything is there. So your warm-up's fantastic. It's Mimo, Mimo, Sibilance, Sibilance, yes. I just, my 4.30, wake up to prep and coffee. That's what I do and go, so so the story as we're in the NBA playoffs and looking at some unbelievable athletic feats, I need to tell you a story, probably a little similar for those who listened to the show and heard about the 44 mile bike ride. Mm. I want to tell you about the great saunter. Right. For those of you who are not familiar, Buckle up for a minute, Palmer. It's gonna, I see you a little yeah. uncomfortable. It's gonna, this is, you gotta no, let I, this one, just breathe. gonna let this one breathe, okay? Absolutely. The great saunter, for those who don't know, is thrown by the nonprofit called Shorewalkers. And they started the great saunter 35 years ago. And the saunter is to take a 32 mile walk around the perimeter of Manhattan, starting in Battery Park. Why did it start? I have no idea. And I probably could have done more prep to look into it. Just real quick, humans have been circumambulating for years. So if you have Manhattan as an island, at some point, someone's going to say, let's circumambulate it. <laughs> One other word, I literally writing that down. But buddy, same guy, same group of guys that I went on the bike ride with that refused to tell me that they carry a grocery store in the back in their back pockets of their shirt yeah, and are running their own nutrition game. He's a lawyer. He's in a deposition. Someone tells him about it, tells him about shore walkers. So this is October. And he's like to the text chain, Hey, you guys want to do this? And the, all of us were in immediately. Sounds great. Just to be clear, the deposition was not about the great saunter. <laughs> That's correct. And so. Five total, five of us fly out, all live in LA, fly out. And so this is a couple weekends ago and you, you live in New York. I do. And I have had the fortune or unfortunate enough to have traveled to New York in 2022. I've been in New York at least 12 days. Yeah. This is in the winter. This is early spring and there's not a drop of water, maybe a little cold. So on the day of the great saunter, right. it is pouring. Mm. Ah, pouring is aggressive. It's 45. Yeah. It's just constantly wet yeah. and, and windy. Yeah. Unpleasant. Unpleasant. And I leave to travel that week on a Monday from LA. I could see oh, maybe a little rain. So yeah, I was like, I thought I was being smart. Pack yeah. a little rain jacket. Yeah. A little windbreaker. Yeah. Have a little coat. I might've forgotten when I was in Iceland, I was constantly wearing, you know, those REI pants that wicks the, the water. Yeah. Lay, layer up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I might've forgotten those pants. Sure. But I said to myself, you can wear shorts. It's once you get moving, it'll be warm enough. And I brought some sweatpants. Yeah. So we get there at 
7 a.m. There's no fanfare. There's 3,000. We're wearing it. It's like, take your button, take your number, yeah. you start walking. There's no like great release. You got to stand up though. You got a bib. Like, I got a bib. There's no marathon start. Right. And we start walking. Now, we are hacking nutrition. This time I have 10 power bars. Yeah. I have two water bottles. Mm -hmm. We have electrolytes that go in water bottles. I'm wearing a backpack. I, oh, I, I, thought, I thought you had your luggage. I thought you had <laughs> You are just rolling your... My roll. I missed that opportunity. That would have been so brilliant. We have Noon. Shout out to Noon. Mm. Thank you for sponsoring the show or mm. sponsoring in the future. Yeah. And it's just wet. And imagine we're also on the outskirts of Manhattan, outside of the perimeter. So we're not getting any protection from the wind. Right. So... You're going right off, right up the East River. And then you got... No, we start west. Oh, we start, start on the, west. Start, start on west side. The Hudson. Yeah, we'd rather start east because east is not pretty. Don't get right. there. We start west, you know, past Chelsea Piers. Right. Hold on. Now, they claim there are places to uh, get refreshments and everything. We don't really see. We see one spot eight miles in where they have some great apples and some water. Okay. And what happens when we are on this, on this plan where you have to finish a bottle of water an hour, make sure you eat, eat every hour. But the challenge is when you're not sweating. Mm. What that means is you're constantly need to pee. Mm. And so sorry to the oh, glad NYPD wasn't out. I peed all of the up and down. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, it's, so it's like a territorial thing. Like you're now the king of New York, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> Dogs know I was there. So freezing, cold. We get to mile 16. And I'm going to forget what's there. Like you look across the water, you can see the big sea for where the Columbia oh, crew. You're, you're up at Spite and Dival. Yeah, up there. You're up, you're up in Inwood, spite the dive. We're in Inwood. There it is. And a fantastic restaurant there where we come in. There's a couple other saunterers. So we're like, lunch is at the mile 16. We're like, oh, we're going to miss lunch. We're happy that we went to a restaurant because lunch was a U-Haul truck backing up like a turkey sandwich. Right, right. And something else. We have a great meal. The owners there, the staff is great because we're like unpeeling wet right. socks. Right. Dry them out on top of the piano. Great meal. And then we're like, don't worry. I think the heavy stuff is, is over. And we turn around and it's pouring more. Uh -huh. So I will say that it's a 32-mile walk. And you know me with competition and finishing. Yeah. We did not finish the Great Saunter. Mm. We only got to mile 23. Mm. We were up in Harlem. Mm. We might have made another pit stop in the Applebee's. Yeah. Fantastic Applebee's up there where there might have been some illicit activity happening in the bathroom. But th nothing to see there. Because we got a great appetizer sampler. Uh -huh. A couple of things to learn. The reason we can make it a couple of buddies, one hands were totally swelling up, limping on the way down. There's just no chance we're going to make it. Two, don't have any, any alcoholic beverage. Don't have a beer if you're about to go back out in the cold because it will make your, your body will react in the way that you don't want it to. Because I, I st also started shivering. Uh -huh. And three... I love people in Harlem. We didn't have anyone talking to us until we were rounding mile 21 and a guy could see the bib and everything. He said, what do you guys walk it? And he might've been smoking something. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's legal in New York. I know it's in LA. It's kind of decriminalized. Great. Decriminalized. What do you guys walk it? Yeah. In the rain? Yeah. On purpose? <laughs> so... Mile 21 was my best part of the walk. Yeah. Mile 23, we're in, we're out. 
I have nine miles short. I'll send you the map of, of our walk. You can see the incompletion, which means nice, nice. I and my friends have to now go back yes. and do the great saunter again because I can't leave anything complete. Oh. Long story. Yeah. I just want everyone to know I was hydrated. I didn't cramp. Right. I, I, I shout out to Mike Barry, Body by Barry. I'm my trainer. I've made my way. I was not sore. I stretched yeah. the right way. Yeah. I was overhydrated. Yeah. Had enough food. And also, my and we didn't want to leave a man down. When, when someone's hurting, we said, we'll all leave together. My takeaway is you got to dress for the weather. You got to get your gear game together, especially when it's wet and cold and the wind. That's some. Tough stuff. But when you said you were coming back, though, my initial thought is to, just to walk the last 13. Like, well, I do the whole. No, no, we had nine right. left. And, and nine. also the east, the east side is right. awful. It's like yeah. we were. It's not. Nice. Talk about. There are people cleaning on the west side. Like yeah. everyone. West, west side's beautiful. Beautifying. Yeah. And it was, and this is not exaggeration. Chicken bones, yeah. needles, mm. everything you could possibly trash. Yeah. It was just, you know, when you're driving. In, in New York, you're like, oh, I wonder why is that person walking? That was us. Yeah. That, so thank you for the space. Yeah. Thank you to the listeners for allowing me. I learn every time I get on here. One, yeah. Christian, two, dress properly. For the weather. At some point, at some point, I'm going to win. But I'm right. never going to give up. Right. And I would imagine on a nice day, walking 32 miles with appropriate pit stops planned, you know, you actually figure out what restaurant you- to enjoyable that's a that's a especially you start early enough and you finish whenever you want to finish right absolutely yeah yeah that's good because remember remember no one was there was no starter gun and no one was running through the tape so right. everyone was what everyone was doing was to get to the finish to get a piece of paper right and then to the best of our knowledge carry on like a little rolling luggage is okay <laughs> everything what about an umbrella? Were you people walking with umbrellas? People had people had umbrellas, ponchos. They were totally prepared. Were you not using an umbrella? No umbrella. That's what I'm saying. See, like, it's a walk. You're walking in the rain using an umbrella. You're not an athlete. You're just a walker. Relax. Enjoy yourself. Don't worry. I, I, you know, I wasn't trying to trying to get to a certain... <laughs> were you working the elbows? There was no elbows, although we were talking about bringing the two-pound weights. We brought none of that. I was yeah. really just chilling. Are there monitors making sure you don't jog? It's like <laughs> the fast walkers. This is a saunter. Keep it together, people. Amazing story. Thank you for sharing. I mentioned it to the wife. We're looking at it, perhaps. We are walkers in New York. If you're a walker in New York, walking around... The island of Manhattan. Um, we're going to spike attendance from 2,500 to 3,000 to 3,200 next year. I don't know if they'll be able to handle it. Circumnabulate with us. Absolutely. Circumnabulate. Excuse me. Great stuff. As if that's not enough. You know, come for the NBA finals. Stay for the story of the Sunter. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But you made it this far. Thank you for listening. We're now going to talk a little more NBA because it's almost June. June is the finals. We're far enough in now. You and I have been tracking this. We've been going back and forth a little bit on text about playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. As they've been happening. We're trying to tease out some lessons learned. I did a little bit of prep here. I have some notes. I know you have some notes. Where do you want to start? I want to make sure we're all on the same page. The prompt was... 
lessons from the NBA season. And then how are things about the playoffs? I want to make sure, because I am I may go in a different direction. Playoffs? Just to be clear, I'm even here now, man. And right now, we don't even know. We don't even know who's going to win. It's like, oh, there's a reason to watch the games right now. Let, they play to, to win, win the, games. the games. Thank you, Danny. Great. Let's just set up. We know, we know the Celtics and the Heat are in the Eastern Conference playoffs right now. Finals. Conference that it's been renamed, right? It's the Bob Cousy on one side, and I've just forgotten, but but Mary Eileen will check the yeah. pin for us, the Western Conference finals. And then we have the Warriors back playing uh, against Mavericks. So one of the things, as I was looking at those four teams, I just also was just looking at the year. I think the NBA, I know the NFL dominates, is the number one television show, number of bit entertainment, but the NBA dominates just culture it's infused everywhere yeah they have many more kardashians (laughs) that by the way they are a monster they stopped one show and then they launched a new show on a different property yeah amazing amazing family amazing entrepreneurs amazing business people but so many k's i can't keep all the k's together Mm -hmm. although tristan tristan can tristan and devin there's only two NBA players, right? Oh, no. You were mentioning Ben Simmons. But also, Kim was with the dude from the Nets for... Oh, uh, right. I, that guy. What was the we'll, we'll remember him. Don't worry. I'll, I'll come back. So, it, NBA is about the kicks. They're in Chris, the culture. Chris Humphreys, is that? There it is. Boom. But it's the kicks. It's also what these players are wearing into the games. I'm not sure you're following... Yeah, um, fashion awards. It's, it's okay to it's okay to wear the purse now. I mean, the man purse is aggressive. Uh, it's an aggressive. It's not a fanny pack. It is yeah. truly slung. So right. I, I can't next next pod. I want you to see that because you don't want to yeah. lose your. Well, I, I was right? a big I was a big fan of Kuzma's floppy soft pink sweater. I, I thought that really sort of said something. It's horrible. But anyway, <laughs> what, I, what I wanted back to is the awards season. And that's what I focused on. Yeah. At least as we uh, were doing our tight collaboration over text. This is yeah. where I went. I was focusing on the defensive play of the year. Uh-huh. Why don't we start there? And I looked at the MVP and I also thought the rookie of the year was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But and I'll just do one. Defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Yeah. Only the second point guard in the last 40 years to win defe- defensive player of the year. And yeah. So for those, let's do some stats. You know, Mia, just. Uh, just before you do that real quick, the first was Gary Payton. I'll get there. Yes, the glove. Most people don't know Marcus Smart's nickname's the Cobra. If you don't know that, then it's really not your nickname. You're just Marcus Smart. <laughs> like someone deep online is the Cobra. I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. No one calls, no one calls him that. Right, but, right. So. Five percent of the time, so uh, point guard's been named defensive player year. Twelve point five percent shooting guard, twelve point five percent small forward, two point five percent power forward. That's one time, and fifty percent of the time, it's a center. Mm-hmm. So, I as a former point guard to put so much emphasis, and granted, they're the quarterback on the back and center. The center is playing, is is swatting and making up for. Yeah deficiency at top, but a point guard who's on the ball, putting pressure on the general who's guarding, yeah. guiding the team. It's un- unbelievable to me that there aren't more point guards that have gotten this love. 
Mm-hmm. And now realize that until Brad Stevens, who is a general manager, former coach of the Celtics, went to the front office and until M.A. Udaka. M.A. Udaka. Hello, Nia Long became the head coach, he was not even playing in his natural position that he played at Oklahoma State. And so this is the first year that they allowed him to run point. And for anyone looking at Marcus Smart, 10.5 points, 1.6 steals, 4.5 to 6, 3.6 rebounds, you know, he's, he's a solid pro and a horrible shooter, 32% from three, and if you look at his college stats, he shoot, shot even worse, 29%. So this is a guy you would never say, you can't wait, 3 and D guy, it's going to score a lot of points. But the Celtics have consistently been unwilling to let this guy go because he's such a glue guy. And now is in a position to show his full complement in getting the ball to Tatum and Jalen Brown and also doing what he does with his playing D. So you go back to the glove. You said who was the last one to win the... Defensive player of the year, 1995-96, unbelievable Supersonics team that lost to Jordan. Most people thought Glove, Glove in his, in his hype, averaged 20 points, you know, eight assists, and he would stat stuff a little bit on the rebounds, but he also was a horrible shooter. Yeah. And so the Glove, the reason I thought it was run it back to the value that you bring to the team, the Glove was the energy, and his energy was his mouth. Mm-hmm. He would talk people out of this game. Mm-hmm. He would... Get, he would run and gun to, to lob to, to Sean Kemp, get the ball to Detlef Shrimp. And so for me, it was just a real parallel between the two of them because Smart is the energy for the team with his hustle, with the hard elbow that's coming at you that no one wants to get, where he's guarding guys five to six feet tall than him and stopping them. So it was really interesting to see two guys who are broke. It's like they call Jason Kidd, Ace and Kidd. Their, their jumpers are not pretty. Yeah. Yeah, but they can have an outsized influence on their team. And the Celtics, number two seed in the East, they went on a run in the second half of the year. So it just, I wanted to run it back there because there's just value in not only being the highest scorer on the team, but you can dominate and control the flow based on what you can do not only putting the ball in basket, but also defensively, because it just changes and creates a new energy and a freedom for every other team. So I, I just wanted to run it back to Gary Payton, the yeah. glove, mm-hmm. and focus on Marcus Smart a little bit. I like that. I like that. And that reminds me of my, let me check some of my notes here. First off, I'm making a bold prediction here. I'm predicting that the Celtics will win the NBA championship. Yeah. <laughs> That's They'll beat, they'll beat the Warriors in six games. This is, you heard it here. But the Celtics are a team that I've noticed for a long time this year. They, they changed. Brad Stevens moving up to the front office, bringing in Ime Udaka as the head coach. The chemistry of the team changed. Things changed. And one of the main things that happened was, in some ways, Marcus Smart was elevated to more of a leadership level and the bigger takeaway that I'm getting from this team is that, and from this season is that the big two, the big three does not beat the big six or seven. If you have a team with some depth and some team first sensibility, you know, Marcus Smart's 
probably closest thing to him and Horford are probably the closest thing to like captains mm-hmm. on that team right now. Yep. Like, and Horford also as another example, you know, now they're a big four, you're including Horford. Grant Williams, you got to include Grant Williams, whether you wanted to or not. He's surprisingly critical to what they're doing. Robert Williams before he got hurt. Robert Williams, the, the Time Lord. And then you talk Pice, then you talk Derek White. They, they have a lot of ways to play together. And the way they play doesn't really change depending on who's on the bench. It's really interesting. You know, Jalen Brown takes over when Tatum's out. You know, they can run different lineups at you. The thing that that creates, from my perspective, you talk about defensive player of the year. The other note I had was offense wins games. Defense wins championships. If your team is cohesive defensively, they are a unit. And then the thing I love about the Celtics is they are bringing that cohesion to the offensive side of the court. And on that side, it's all about shooting the game. The game is one of my other takeaways. It's just how the game is all about the three-pointer, particularly in, in the way that the playoffs are shaping up right now. So Marcus Smart, DPOY, I didn't like the robe so much. I thought that was a little bit much, but, uh, but hey, the other thing about Marcus Smart, I had it written down here, his intangibles. Kids got mad intangibles. So. So I, I feel like you took some, had some shots fired when you said the big three don't matter. I feel like that if you're going to come at me about the Lakers, just say it. I, I'm, you know, I'm, that's the way I interpret the, it. The Lakers are the spotlight effect means it's, it's not about you, Tyler. It is about, it is about the Lakers. My bad. But it's also about the Nets. It's also about the Sixers. Are there three there? I don't know. It's, it's tough to count. You know, Tobias Harris, I'm not sure. Well, there's the uh, Sixers chasing, chasing stars. Right. And also the Maxi, I guess they're saying is the third player, but there's this, this notion. No, I'm saying chasing Harden though, you know? Right. For sure. My point though is more, the big three started when LeBron took his talents to South beach. Although there were other big threes before then, since then the track record of those super teams has been probably disappointing relative to the number of championships you would initially expect. From them, there are a lot of misses along the way, and I'd say lately, as we go through this generational shift in the NBA, it's been more of a, a detriment. You're you're paying older players probably more than they're they're worth at this point. Sorry, Russ. And it's then impacting your ability to round out the team with more depth. So I think it's becoming more of a weak link league rather than a strong link league where it's not about your best player or your best two it's about is your fourth or fifth player providing some special energy something that maybe isn't going to show up in the stat sheet and when i look at that i see the celtics as being much better than what else i see out there in terms of their size their defensive intensity and their ability to shoot they got to knock out a champion in steph curry so don't you ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Mama, there goes that man. But that's my response to the DPOY conversation. So I don't hate the pick. I hate having to consider it as a diehard Lidnicker fan. Yeah. Lifelong Celtics hater. 15 years of my life in enemy territory. Yeah. I've said for years, I wish 
not only had Stevens as a coach when he was coaching them up, but I actually love the moves that he's done as a general manager. They're long, they play together. And when they're not, when they're missing, they can still get stops. So I do have the Celtics getting out of the Eastern Conference and that's a battle. And Clay is not Clay right now. Jordan Poole for Golden State is, he's just otherworldly right now coming off the bench. That's a great finals. I think Golden State has the home court. So you would have the Celtics winning at home in game six. Not a bad call. I do want to go to the super team because I had this, I mentioned the MVP and I was going to talk rookie of the year, but I, I do uh, want to talk about Luca, and it's a connection to LeBron. And also shout out to Suzanne Vega while you're at it. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. Please continue. <laughs> Sing it next time. Don't just <laughs> shout it out. I, I mean, that's, come pre on. that's premium content. <laughs> okay. We've talked about the super teams. Aaron gives LeBron so much crap. He's a second leading scorer. He probably will go down as a leading scorer in NBA history as someone who does not look to shoot first. But LeBron is the only one that's won a super team, a championship building super teams. The Warriors, when they got KD. I guess there it is. I missed the, missed the KD two-year. So it's KD, it's Steph KD and LeBron. LeBron is own that's only done it. LeBron, we have sold our soul to win that one championship. Yeah. And now we're in purgatory as the Lakers with no young stars coming up. Not necessarily like a farm system. We don't have to have a farm system because there are a bunch of guys on one-year contracts. And, you know, and LeBron is 37. I do want to focus on Luca because Luca is a guy who's in his fourth year in the league. A draft is third. If most remember, it was the Trey Young Luca swap. Luca, a rookie of the year, three time All NBA after that. So he has been prolific 46 triple doubles. He took his team in the Olympics to, to the semis. Most said he showed up then this year fat. It was fat Luca. And he has taken a team that was supposed to have the other star in Kristaps Porzingis to get a corn. KP. KP was supposed to take him to the promised land. Most followed, but during the a lot of trading happening in the NBA, Mavs traded Kristaps and others to the Wizards to pick up Spencer Dinwiddie. And David Bertans, for those deep roto and fantasy players, Bertans two years ago went off from three. It was just awful last year. So Adam, my team for a hot second and Bertans, you shoot it to me now. Never happened again. But what's happening now, and I, I was just trying to look at Luca, and part of it is because LeBron James said, LeBron James says things for a reason. His favorite player to watch is Luca. Because Luca, similar to who is going to be the next Jordan, Luca is LeBron. Mm -hmm. It is not the same style. It is not the, the same physicality. But in the same way, Le LeBron, you know, known as a kid, King James, LBJ, the chosen one, Bron Bron, you know, L train. Luca has his Luca legend, too easy, Luca magic, swaggy L. Also, uh, also Luca Cobra? No, 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 that's someone else. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> That's the Cobra. Uh -huh, right. No, he just goes by Marcus Fart. But Luca in his fourth year, very similar stats to LeBron. 28 points, 8.7 assists, nine rebounds, shooting about 35% from three, 45 cent field goal. LeBron, similar, 27 points, six assists, six rebounds, seven rebounds, 70% free throw, 47% field goal. Both in their fourth year, LeBron took a team that was laden with talent. Shannon Brown, Drew Gooden, Larry Hughes, Mm -hmm. Damon Jones, uh -huh. Daniel Marshall, mm. Sir Junis Ilgaskis, the top three salaries on that team. LeBron was in his fourth year and went to the finals when they lost to Spurs. Oh, sorry. I forgot Andrew, Anderson Barajal. Okay. The year, yeah. Where Larry Hughes was the highest paid payer and then LeBron was fourth. And so LeBron took a team of guys who are professionals, but none of them, maybe, maybe Z. Yes. He made an all-star team, but no one was a perennial all-star. Yeah. They played their roles. And LeBron just took a group of guys and made a run. It, we're watching the same thing right now with Luca. And you name, we, as I mentioned, David Bertans, and he's not getting deep run. Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Who I love, who won two championships for Villanova, so he's a winner, but was overlooked because of his size, a lefty. He's a dog. Like, he's coming at you. You're surprised that he has a little spring, but he's not an all-star. He's going to make some money this year. And, yes, I had him on my Roto League. You did great for me this year, Jalen Brunson. My first year in that Roto League type, I got third place. Got my money back. Spencer Dinwiddie, who was on the dumpster pile because yeah. he thought it was bad for Wizards. It's really good beard density, though. Oh, that's right. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's hurt. Yeah. Boba, 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 Mar I can't say Bobbin. Bobbin, you know, Bobbin and uh, Tobias Harris and, and Bobbin. He's like 7'4". I can't pronounce his last name. Don't, 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 don't snooze on an X-Nick 3 and D. X-Nick 3 and D. Bullock. <laughs> Bullock's there playing, playing, playing tight. And Dwight Powell. Professionals. No all-stars on that team. And they're making a run and playing hard. So it is, it, what I'm running it back to is you can, this is to your point about having three stars and stacking your team. You can have great chemistry. You can make runs around transcendent stars. And that's what Luca is. So LeBron is passing the mantle to Luca. 6'7", 240. No one plays the guard position like Luca does. And he's going to do, he's only 23 and we can see him doing it for the next 10 years. So I, I just, you mentioned LeBron. Yeah. Briefly, you mentioned super teams. I'm running it back because just watching Luca, it just has so much more respect. The Mavs are playing the same game they did with uh, Dirk. They have some, they have some guys They had Jason Kidd late in his career, Jason Terry, when his helicopter or whatever his plane, whenever he hit a three, mm -hmm. they were not stacked with studs. They were stacked with people who play their role. And it's a very similar blueprint right now. I don't believe the Mavs are going to get out of the Western Conference, but mad respect for Luca. And it just changes the way I look at him. He's not the, the everyone's looking for the next Jordan. He's not the next LeBron, but he's passing man to where Luca can will make runs with anyone for a long time because he's just that good interesting i had luca notes here too 
I think for me, the problem with Luca is remember I mentioned offense wins games, defense wins championships. Luca, unlike LeBron, is can't guard his soul. Arguably a defensive liability. Is that even debatable? He's certainly not a lock. He's no DPOY. He's no defensive player of the year. And that's why I do think on that side of the court, he'll be exposed. He's just so transcendent as an offensive player. It's why the matchup in the West right now between him and Steph is, is kind of similar in that they're both, Steph's more obviously more just a, a shooter, but in terms of scoring and being really an offense first player, I think they're, they're similar that way. My takeaway from the Mavericks and also the Mavi Heat is that roster construction around a, a player or two can get you pretty far. I just, I think it's more about the depth of your roster construction, which again, speaks to the Al Horfords, the, I mentioned Jay Crowder, uh, the other story I wanted to get to the other topic I wanted to get to beyond also Luca showing up overweight when you're 23 is very different from showing up overweight when you're 33, James, I don't know. I want to get a research deal on James Harden's age while we're talking age. Let's talk about 37-year-olds. You mentioned LeBron James. There's another 37-year-old out there named Chris Paul playing for regular season, best regular season record Phoenix Suns, him and Devin Booker. The atrocity that they created for us or didn't create, they chose not to play. You play to win the game. You must protect this house. Game seven, the Suns are playing at home. We try to run things. Did you just go from Dennis Green to Under Armour commercial? I, I do what I can. We have to witness. We're all witnesses. LBJ, we have to witness what I would argue. By the way, people don't realize the deep cuts. The witness is the poster or the billboard LeBron billboard. I just want to make sure when people are listening to yeah. Mike speak, yeah. you have to rewind right. because the subtlety, it's the subtleties right. and, and, and the references that you may not get the first time. Right. So keep going. Sorry. Well, it's like watching unusual suspects right now. Right. And we'll be talking about running it back premium where as a member of the running it back tribe, you get access to more. Explain all the references. The, us, the, the practice. Habitations will be prodigious. And also the dictionary. Keep going. The debacle in Phoenix. Best team in the regular season. There was folks were thinking they might win the championship. They got real close last year, lost to Milwaukee. Also, shout out to Giannis, where I felt like if they had Middleton, I'm not sure who would have won that series. And, and the way Giannis is performing is a takeaway for me where I can't really think of a player like Giannis, and I can't think of a debacle like game seven where they didn't just lose. They were embarrassed on their home court. And the Warriors were not embarrassed in Memphis. Whoop, bad trick. Whoop, bad trick. That was crazy. So like losing, if you're going to get spanked, get spanked on the road. You got to protect this house. And when it's game seven, you got to show up. Even last night, 
the Warriors were down at the half. You know, they were down 20 points in the first half. I didn't think they were going to lose that game. I thought they would at least make it competitive. They would lose. They were to show that competitive fire at the end. My other takeaway from this year is like, what's up with Phoenix? Just like I can't think of a corollary to Giannis, a historical corollary. I can't think of a historical corollary to blowing game seven as a favorite on your home court. What's up with your sons? Yeah, I'll own it. As a Laker fan, I'm a dire Laker fan, but I am an unapologetic Chris Paul fan. And I tried, I, I, I stayed away because I was hoping that you were not going to bring up the sun. So I refused to try to map to a game seven debacle and all I, I did not. But I, what I will say was I was just sad because something happened that none of us will know on that team. Mm-hmm. Why reason I bring that up is they have clips of, you should go to YouTube of, of the pregame from the Suns and how similar to what the Bucks did a couple of years ago with the Lopez twins. They're doing, pretending to do WrestleMania. They, um, so connected to each other, other Javal McGee and others really hyping up and creating a choreography and various handshakes to just be together. And they were together through a very long regular season. They're connected through one of the best leaders in the league and Monty Williams, who's coach of the year. They had Chris Paul, who can great on people, but had found a way to have like mine and, and speak to people without people taking it the wrong way, including Devin Booker, who just wanted to get better. Something happened that we don't know. Aiton only played 17 minutes. He was disgruntled. They were not playing for each other and something happened. Now, we also say there was uh, Paul, which no one will be surprised by, was nursing an injury that they didn't disclose. Fine. He only took eight shots. It's like Carden taking no shots and, and the game would all let them carry through. But what I worry more about, I care more about is as a leader, what happened that Chris Paul, I'm putting on Chris Paul and Monty could not bring everyone together when it was that big a deal, when they had bled for each other into the finals last year. And I expected them to be in the Western Conference Conference Finals. So I I will, I own, we we have a pod that says, we talk about the point God. I argue with my dad, Chris Paul and everyone in championships. I'm like, so the only way measure of a pro is whether or not they want a championship. I just think that's wrong. He has been a dominant point guard. And maybe it's because I wish I had that game, that moxie, that ability to control. A little, I, I don't mind the punkishness because at times people may call me a punk, but it's in a nice way. So I, I love the fire, but something happened and they broke. And right. to forget everything else, you don't get blown out unless you broke. They were broken mentally and they were no longer working together as a team. And we're never going to, we're never going to know. So I, I'm, I thank you. You, you took shots at me about the super team and you were passive. I'm glad you weren't being passive aggressive. You just punched me in the face. And okay. now you want to see, I'm going to let everyone know I'm still sad. Wow. There you go. And for me, we may know, I, I'm still not convinced there won't be more coming out about Robert Sarver and the report that's pending, the owner of the Suns 
whether there is something following Chris Paul, running it back to his experiences with the Clippers. If you lose the ownership, there there are reports of him being racist and running an organization that is problematic. The NBA is investigating. You do wonder whether something is going on there. And then the other data point that was interesting, which maybe more will come out about, is the incident in Dallas when Chris Paul's family was being assaulted in some way. Trying to, some kid was trying to hug them. Like, what was actually going on there? It, it felt like something was off. And it is a reminder that there is a difference between a, a regular season team and then a team that can really respond in the playoffs. And to me, the Utah Jazz, sorry, go on. But it, it did come back to me and maybe a credit also to Jason Kidd that the level of defensive intensity that Dallas was bringing was what won that game. And when Dallas wins, similarly to when Golden State wins, they're playing good defense and it's not about their best player. And I feel like when the Mavs are bringing that defensive intensity, it's not about Luka. And that to me is really good coaching and also good roster construction, which I think you are seeing the teams that are still there. The one that I haven't talked about is Jimmy Buckets, which is almost hard to talk about where he is a force of nature. He still may somehow heroically lift this team. To me, the Jimmy Buckets is probably closest to a LeBron kind of team. LeBron in Cleveland reminds me a little bit of Jimmy and the Heat except they have Coach Spo and they're playing defense. So to me, it's not a bam, bam out of bio. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. I'd like, I'd like it if he would show up in this series. He hasn't really done anything yet, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. This is where the wheat is separated from the proverbial chaff, Tarlin. So I got a little bit biblical. We've been free forming. Are there any other notes you wanted to hit on? A father, father time is still undefeated. I just wanted to remind you of that. You can't coach height and the Celtics are tall. Or length, Jay Billis. The torch, the generational torch has not been passed yet. But keep an eye on a potential Warriors-Celtics series where is Steph ready to pass the torch to Jason and crew? Generational zeitgeist abound. Concluding thoughts? Yeah, so I'll, I'll close with take a look at the black coaches and i know we've talked about the rooney rule the nfl has to manufacture ways to look at diverse populations of coaches and give individuals a chance jason kidd one of the conference final coaches we have diversity in spolstra Adaka. Monty Williams, even though he got bounced, but was a finalist last year. Willie Green taking a team that was on in the dumpster in New Orleans Pelicans and making that competitive. They should have beat, they had a chance to beat the Suns without Zion. Mm -hmm. And Luca needs to call Zion to tell him how he lost weight beginning of the year. And, and, and I blame Joker for not putting Zion on his, on his diet plan. Yeah. But it just goes to show that Talent and ability to, to lead a team should not be, and we talk about, is it the CEO of the team? That's the way the NFL 
executive make a decision about who's going to make be their coach. It should not be because it's who they've seen as a CEO or a coach in the past. It, I've seen some unbelievable coaching ability and in-game adjustments, especially when the Mavs were down 0-2 and still came back to, to beat the Sun. So just please, across the board, immediately shout at the NFL, just take a look at what these individuals can do, past players. Willie Green was a 2003 draft pick, second round. I was doing some deep cuts looking at LeBron James draft year. But that's, I just want to make sure we leave space and let the NBA continue to be a model. I was thinking about that because also I want to end and make sure that we give some love to the Buffalo community and the individuals that lost their life in that horrific incident uh, last weekend. Mm -hmm. And for the community that lost their local uh, grocery store that now is going to be looking, having to travel long distances to get the fresh, fresh produce. It's now become part of like a food desert. So the, the trauma that, that, that communities have to go through is unparalleled. And so we talk about now, but they live with it for a long time. So that's just been on my mind. Love that the fact that the NBA continues to be a model for diversity and giving more folks a chance. And I think it, in, in a time of struggles and challenges like in Buffalo, you can look to and turn on the tube and, and use it as a source of inspiration. Awesome. Tarlin, it's always good to see you. We covered a lot in this conversation. I appreciate the, the Buffalo note at the end. Thanks again for joining, Tarlin. Peace out. We'll be back. Soonish. Soonish. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up at Running It Back FM on Twitter. Website is runningitback.fm. This is Running It Back.